Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are back. We are... It, this is it. We're the, we're the same. Nothing has changed since last week. I'm Illegal86. I'm joined, as always, by Nerd Bomber and Tectic, my very good friends. And uh, we're all the same. Is it fair to say we're all the same? We're still who we are. I don't know. There's no surprise. I'm about a week older. I'm about a week wiser. Wow. We are getting you we are down. getting close to our uh, month vacation from the podcast. So listeners, put that on your calendars. Yeah, and take care during these these last few weeks of July to just really cherish what we're doing here. Another thing you might want to do, I actually don't even know if you can do this on Spotify. I've never tried to do it or any of the podcast places. Can you listen at like 0.5 times speed so they can just you like can, extend? Yeah. You can. Okay. Well, um consider that i don't know well I've, I've never tried to do that to myself the online warriors i've never and actually that's a good that's a good twitter survey or like just ask our, our twitter fans at ow lady six at online warriors one is our main show account we have at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber as well what speed do you do you like do you crank us up to 1.5 speed when you listen to us or do you listen to us at the natural listening i i never have once done that you've never cranked like, it i've up. never done the never done the 1.5 speed never done the lower speed i've done it on youtube videos before but i've never done it for podcasts yeah i'm the same i like i like normal speeds it's pretty revolutionary but i will say like so i also now i edit in 1.5 speed i feel like it First of all, if you're listening to a podcast, if you have a bunch of podcasts that you're listening to, it helps you like get through them faster. Not that you don't want to cherish your time with them, but if you want to enjoy them. Well, yeah, yeah, but if you have like a playlist of a bunch that you want to listen to, then you can like get through more. But also as an editor of a podcast, I bump it up to 1.5 speed so that I can get through it faster. And it is very, that that makes sense. It's strange though when you listen to like the raw, what like actual speed footage and it's very just jarring because we sound like chipmunks in my brain right. then and then it's just like wait we don't sound like that i'm alvin for sure yeah i'm theo I can I be that. theodore theodore is the glass he's the glasses one right i want to be the glasses who's the one. third one then oh simon oh be i'll be simon one. i'll be simon dang it <laughs> wow, i just i just tricked myself yeah you you're basically the one who just likes to eat at a boy well it's, it's only funny because it's true but yeah let us know do you listen at 1.5 speed i i work with someone who one time we were like let's go to lunch and, and we did that but i got into her car and she like started the car and you ever been in the situation where you're you get in a car with somebody and they turn the car on and you can you get a brief glimpse into what they were last listening to and it, it, it speaks volumes. I actively, if I have That's someone like new in my car, I actively will go to my Spotify before getting in my car because I never listen to the radio or Sirius X. Yeah. And I actually... You have to curate a playlist. Yeah. Like before Definitely. we get in the car, then I'll curate a playlist so they only hear what I want them to hear. I get in the car with this person. Right, Bruce Wayne. And immediately they start the car and I hear someone talking very rapidly. Is it you? No. How jarring would that be if, if you got in and that like, would be they jarring. wouldn't know. I I heard she she listens to audiobooks at 2x, like driving to and from work. And like 1.5x is one thing. 2x is like it takes an extreme level of focus to know and she, this is like fiction. And she's like listening to it at that speed. I was like I, I was impressed, if anything. But it was it was wild. So shout out to my coworker. I'm not gonna say who your name is. 
but if you're listening, you know who you are. I just told my coworkers about the podcast. That's oh, really? uh, something that happened recently. So my coworkers, shout out to them. They might be listening. They might not. No hard feelings either way. All the hard feelings. It's always All interesting when you say it in passing and then you find out that they actually do listen like here and there. Yeah. I just told someone for the first time at work and I was, I always kind of like, not and like, this is going to sound conceited and it's not, it's more coming from a place of fear, but like, I always expect them to be like, oh yeah, I've been listening for a while. You said this thing once and it was really dumb. You know, like it's, it's, you don't know who's listening. It's with your hot takes. <laughs> it's whew. I got, a, I got a lot of hot takes. I got a lot of wrong takes, but not this episode. This episode only correct takes. We're, this is the video game episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about Kirby. We're going to be talking a little bit about Soul Frame. And we're going to be talking a little bit about All On Board. And if you don't know what some of those things... Well, you you should know what Kirby is. But if you don't know what the other two things are, uh, we're going to tell you. So we're going to to get straight up informative on y'all. So get ready for that. I want to start with Kirby's Dream Buffet. Because first of all, buffets. Let's bring buffets back. Because I feel like buffets are kind of gone. That's that's totally unrelated to this, but I feel like you there know, was a golden age of buffets and I feel like it's over. There was a like golden that. age of buffets, but I don't know if I could go back. Like, remember, there was like, there's like CeCe's Pizza, there's like Golden mm-hmm. Corral, there's something else out there. And is Ponderosa still going on? Maybe. Because Ponderosa, Ponderosa was a buffet at one, at least I think it was. Pizza Hut used to have the buffet. They might still have the lunch buffet, actually. I haven't been to Pizza Hut in a minute. But like, but. I've been living in now a little bit more of a germ conscious world. Let's be real. Like, things are starting to maybe get better, hopefully, but like, still living in a kind of germ conscious world. And I just remember sure. distinctly going to a Chinese buffet a while back. Like, this is pre COVID. And even then, I literally watched someone like pick their nose and then use that hand to go pick up the spoon. And I was like, mm. I was like, ooh, let me grab those tongs. And it's just like, now I think that would make me like completely turned off of the buffet. There was a Chinese buffet near where I lived when I was a kid. And I, th- I, they were, clo- they literally had to close at one point because of health concerns. I can't even remember if they reopened. That's how you know that it's good, though. I, you know what? I kind of agree. Like, I've, I've always found that the sketchier the restaurant, the more delicious the food. Some buffets, you have to you have to try and take that health conscious part of you and just kind of just, just kind of check it at the door, you know? Because, I mean, let's be honest, you're going to a buffet. You've already kind of given up on being healthy if you're at a buffet, right? At least for at least for one meal. We'll call it a cheat meal. We'll call it whatever we want. But that's not what this game Anyways, is that's not the point. Yeah, that's not at all what this is about. Sorry. Kirby's Dream Buffet is coming to Nintendo Switch later this summer. This is looking... So we only got like a minute and a half trailer for this. So there's not a whole lot to it. There's not a whole lot to glean from it. But I think the main point of comparison, at least in terms of recent games that kind of hop off the page, is uh, Fall Guys. Which I never played Fall Guys, but I really wanted to. For, for what it's worth. It's free now. For what it's worth. It's free to play. You, you can do That's that. That's worth something to me. Yeah. This is a game where you race. You are you are Kirby. Is it? Are you a Kirby or are you the Kirby? Because there's like a bunch of different color Kirbys that they're basically racing. And I don't know Tactic, enough about the you're Kirby. You're the Kirby or, expert. Help us here. Yeah. To know. You're all like, Kirby. Are these... it's, it's not a specific Kirby. And this isn't the first time a game like this has been done with the, within the Kirby franchise. And that's what I'm really excited about. For me, my entry into these multiplayer sort of just fun mini game type games i was introduced to this this style of gameplay within the kirby franchise on gamecube with kirby's air ride 
I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with that game, but basically you pick a different color Kirby. You can even pick Meta Knight, which, you know, if you know the lore, he's sort of the same as Kirby. Just is a little interesting. Just read it if you get some free time. But anyway, you're all on a star racer and you're doing these various mini games. And I got the same kind of vibe from that. I got a little bit of nostalgic vibes from this because, you, again, you get to pick a little Kirby. I really hope they bring in star racers as some of the game modes that you can have but it's just fun with friends and you're you're coming around and and there's no story to it i don't think that there is one specific kirby it's just it's your player it's your character that you and there are. shouldn't be yeah there shouldn't yeah there so, should be a story i just fact checked by the way you are correct tactic kirby is the name of the species the colored kirby's are clones of kirby fun fact of course i'm correct anyway before i was interrupted right. <laughs> sorry i have i'm the fact check department sometimes but yeah so this is you might this as well is just, a, ca- just call him uh, can i call you correctic no you're always correct no I, no i don't that's too much to live up to okay fair enough but yeah so this this is really exciting to me because like i said i was introduced to this style of gameplay when i was but a young lad and now it's coming back and i'm hitting the nostalgia vibes i get to play with friends I don't know if it's couch co-op. I really hope it is. But other than it that, sounded this like looks there was like a, a good time. The article I have, I think, suggests, yeah, there you can play against another player locally. It sounds like maybe only one. But yeah, this is, you know, to me at least, this is exactly what Nintendo is supposed to be doing. This is Nintendo's wheelhouse. Like, I would liken, like, I'm not familiar with the Kirby-ness of it all, nor am I even at all that familiar with the Kirby franchise. But... I think in terms of other Nintendo, you know, tent poles, and I think in terms of this as a kind of a Mario Kart, Mario Party hybrid, which I think is great because there's a racing component. There is a, it looks like some kind of, like you said, mini gaming component. And boy, did Mario Party used to have that, like, and they still have great mini games, obviously, but I personally am of the mind that Mario Party is a shell of its former self. I think I probably said that on the podcast many times. And uh, I'm always looking for an opportunity to say it again, so I'll say it now. Mario Party is a shell of its former self. It it should have been what the first one was just over and over again. And they, and they, they moved away from that. That makes me sad. With that said, this looks fantastic. I, I think it's just exactly what the doctor ordered. I would hope that it does not cost $60. They didn't really say. Yeah, that's, um, kinda, that's the one thing that I always want to know about this kind of thing. That's kind of my only critique. I have to see what the price point of this is because it is so very similar, it seems like, to Fall Guys. And obviously, yeah, it's Nintendo-fied. It's Kirby. It's cute. You're kind of paying for the brand name and like the quality that Nintendo brings with their first-party games. But also, like, if this is a $60 game, you have Fall Guys that is free-to-play that is just as cute and cartoony, very competitive-style game. Would you buy this game if it was $60 if you had Fall Guys for free? As the Kirby fan on the show, like I said, it depends on what the extent is. If it's basically a reskin of Fall Guys, then no, I, I, I can understand where you're coming from and I'm with you. But as I said, if they add other features where you can, similar to that of uh, Kirby's Air Ride, where, you know, there's battle modes on a star, there's all these mini games where it's more akin to Mario Party, then I would pay the full price for it. Hey, so Tactic, I have a, a very important question for you, though. Say we buy this game. Are you prepared to get your butt whooped by a non-Kirby aficionado? There is no need to get prepared for such a false... Travesty. Travesty, <laughs> yeah. 
It'll have. I I don't I never played Fall Guys. I remember Fall Guys being a little more derpy than this. I don't mean derpy in the sense of like the graphics weren't good. I mean like the your playable character is a little more derpy and that's like kind of part of it. Oh yeah, it's like these Kirby's you don't look around. derpy. Well, yeah, and and that's why I think it's a poor comparison. I think there's much more to it and the only reason that that comparison is made is because yeah. not everyone really knows the history of these the Kirby franchise. It's it's trying to bring on new people who are only familiar with the new latest games. I think Correctic strikes strikes again there. I think that I think that it, we're not giving this enough credit. Like, I, I do think, like, for what it's worth, I think Fall Guys, one of the reasons it was so successful is because more games like that should exist. Kind of these silly eight players going at it, doing this goofy stuff. Another thing I would note is, you know, I've played games on the Switch. I, I know I played at least one where you can play with up to, I think, eight players locally. And that needs to happen more. Well, I think like, with you that, give each like... You need two Switches, right? Because it's four people to a Switch, but you can do it in the same room. Games like Smash have made it possible. Um, with oh, various, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All of the different, like, they're not, they're not called multi-taps anymore, but you know what I'm talking about. There's a game, it's it's called Shipped. And I, I, again, I'm sure I've talked about this game on the podcast before. Currently on the Nintendo eShop, it costs, it costs $2. <laughs> so I feel like I'm doing this a lot on the show where I'm just saying like, hey, this game costs, you know, very little money. Go buy it. Up to eight players locally. And you're all in little ships and you're fighting each other. And it's the best. And I think more games should exist like that. That are like these little, you know, make it a party game. You know, make make your Switch something that can support party games in the traditional sense of like more than four people can play it at once. Because I mean, we really don't have a lot of games like that. Like, Unless you're talking about right. Jackbox, like there's not a lot of big party games. I know they just did like the whole Mario Party Collection thing, but stuff like there's just not a lot of stuff like that. And even like Mario Kart, I feel like there's only so much Mario Kart you can do. And then the party wants to play other stuff. And if you only really have like one game that can support a lot of people, then there's no point in pulling out the Switch in general. Maybe that's just me. Well, and the other thing with the eight players on one screen is you have to... You have to manage your screen properly. You can't have eight-way split screen. That just the screens aren't big enough. So, like as an example, what Shipped does is it your boats are all on screen, and if you go off screen, you die because it's it's all every every game of Shipped is basically a survival situation. You're looking to be the last person standing, and formats like that make it easy to have. You can have eight players playing at once, and it's a little crowded, but it's you know it makes good use of the screen real estate. I think more games need to go past four players, and you know. I don't know if Kirby's Dream Buffet is going to do that locally, but... No, I think uh, four players cool is sufficient. It. But even even asking for that in this day and age has been a pretty tall ask. It's tricky. So yeah. I'd be happy with four. But I, like I said, I'm totally into this game. And if you guys have played Kirby's Air Ride on GameCube, give me a shout out on Twitter. Because that game was, as the kids say, mint. I don't know if the kids are saying that, but I'm, I'm going to say it. Mint. 30th anniversary of Kirby this year. Is it really? Just wanted to say that. It is. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. Just shout Because I, I, I know earlier this year they, they said that and they said a lot of Kirby stuff's coming. Um, Kirby and I were born in the same year. Nice. You're 30. Yeah, I'm sometimes I feel like a pink blob myself, so it works. <laughs> I don't understand. They said coming summer of 2022. Yeah, so basically they have like they have like two months maybe to squeeze it in because technically when does summer transition to fall? Isn't it like late September? September twenty one, I believe. Yeah, so they, they have like two months to get this game out. I feel like that's also a really smart idea, and I really like when we get announcements and you only have to wait like two months. 
because I feel like there are so many games and looking at you, Starfield, a little bit, there are so many games though that we hear about for like years and we don't see them for such a long time that like you're not really that excited when they do come out. Like you are, but you're not. I mean, Nintendo's right. been phenomenal with that lately. Just absolutely phenomenal. Well, they're, they're the only ones I feel like, especially like for Indie Showcase and, and a lot of the things they, Nintendo World, I should say, a lot of the things they do, they literally will show you a trailer and be like, wow, this looks great. And they'll be like, yeah, it came, it's out today. Like we just released it. Like I, I, it is interesting, like the psychology of that. Do you tell players about a game that's coming and build hype? And if so, for how long? Or do you just say the best way to build hype is to say, you can have this right now. Like that's val- that adds value to it. At least to me, watching a trailer. If I've watched a trailer for a game I really want, you know, yeah, you, there's time to build hype if the game doesn't come out for a couple of months, but there's also time for players to forget that it's coming or start caring less. You know, like it's just the demand curve there is probably really, really interesting. But any more thoughts on Kirby, Kirby's Dream Buffet before we move on? Not so much on that, but I do think illegal with all of your hot, like under $10 indie games you should do like illegals indie showcase on a weekly basis and just tell us like what weird like dollar 50 game you've managed to find on the eShop because it feels like every week you got there one. are so many there are so many that are there well actually and actually shipped shipped i found oh boy that it was a long time ago it was at least a few years ago three four years maybe so it's been going on for a while but there's so many like diamonds in the rough on the eShop i think i just i'm i'm really feeling the switch right now and uh that's been evident evidenced by my recent game playing but like the the pickup ability of the switch and just like play it wherever you are it's man it's unstoppable and also the fact that there's a bunch of games for like two dollars that's also unstoppable shout out to nintendo shout out to kirby kirby's dream buffet coming in the next few months sometime we'll see so we're gonna move on now to all on board and i was really excited to talk about this because I this is something this is something that I have a I feel like I have a, a major investment in even though I don't currently have a MetaQuest I have a PSVR but so all on board it was a Kickstarter that was basically funded within 48 hours I think last week was when it happened and essentially it is a VR board game simulator so tabletop simulator is the existing board game simulator very popular I don't know if there is a VR mode for tabletop simulator but I think the kind of the the novelty of, of all on board is that it was designed specifically for vr it was built for vr and it seems in a lot of ways that it's not even just for people to play board games it's for them to create board games and you know f- some context for me i play board games with friends online who live in other states not on a weekly basis but certainly at least once a month so having the ability to heighten that experience being provided with the ability to heighten that experience if ever we all get vr headsets you know it's just i think it's a great idea i have a lot of questions about the execution but first impressions nerd bomber tactic where where are you at with this is this something you could because you guys you do own a meta quest right or am i, I do and i think this would yeah. be really cool my only reservation well i have two actually one is the adoption rate of the MetaQuest, and this is something that I've struggled with with a lot of the different games out there because so much of what they're trying to do, at least what you know, Meta, I almost called them Facebook, but what Meta is trying to do with the whole Metaverse thing, they're really trying to make it like a social experience. And I just, unless you're out there trying to like talk to strangers and meet strangers, which as a female gamer is 
let me just tell you, I've had some avatars come up and literally just like grab for the boobies. And it's just like, come on, man. So it's not a great experience. In in the meta quest, you've had that happen to you? Yeah. And like you can report them, but it's just like, and it's usually kids. And And then I start talking and they're like, oh. No, but it's just like, (laughs) it's not always a easy or fun experience to find people to play with. You know, so unless you have friends who already have sure. the MetaQuest or another headset, because I think Steam VR is also compatible. Like if you have people that already Correct. have the equipment, this could be really fun. If you don't, then I don't know what I would do with it. You know what I mean? Additionally, like, right. I think their catalog of games, obviously, you know, this is a Kickstarter this is, development. This is my reservation as well. It's extremely small to start right. at least. It's extremely small, and they do say they're planning to add basically any board game that you can think of, but they have to then get deals with all of the different, you know, board game publishers to be able to do that. And I know they have the idea that like people will build their own games as well, but let's be real every time someone makes a new game, it probably isn't going to be worthy of being played, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like to make a really good board game, you have to have a decent grasp of just. I don't want to call it game theory, but just game design, you know, to make a fun game with a good gameplay loop, you need to have a decent grasp of game design and not everyone's going to have that. So it's going to be very hit or miss what you get. So a couple, and- couple things there on, on their Kickstarter page, um, as you go up in tiers, one of the things at one of the higher tiers is that you can get three license keys to get a licensed game added to your library. So they've already acknowledge that that is going to be something that's available when this comes out so you will be able to expand. but i believe they had like a six correct it was six like six there are six and yeah. they had like six more titles coming like it wasn't a guarantee it would be any game and for what it's worth the six that they mentioned or at least the ones that they mentioned are the six i did not know what they were and i'm like i'm pretty in this i'm i'm pretty active in this space we actually did play the race car game whose name i can't remember but we did a game night with one of our friends and they had that and that was actually pretty fun but yeah, a lot of these games are like niche. Yeah, yeah, right. And then the other thing I wanted to say was, I don't think you need to know game theory to make a good game. What this screamed out for me was being a DM for Dungeons & Dragons. You can They already have the tools necessary to lay out maps and doors and have, if they hit this square, these enemies pop up. So that screams Dungeons and Dragons, right? They're, that game is constantly, you have a choice of three pathways, which do you pick, and what are the consequences of those pathways? And so I don't think you need to understand any kind of game theory to make the game. I think you could just be a great DM, especially when one of the biggest challenges in our own experience of trying to get together for a Dungeons and Dragons night was because people were very far away and it wasn't always easy to get together and and have a game night but maybe as people more commonly have these MetaQuest or VR devices available to them it becomes easier that said most people have one headset per household and what i didn't see in this is an alternate option to play via a PC or something else where if you're in the same house, you don't need to have two headsets. You can still also play with that group of friends on some other device. That would actually be a really interesting concept because then you would have the option, if you do have a VR headset, you have the option to play that way. If you don't have a VR headset, you're not excluded from your group of friends. Say you are the odd person out who doesn't have a VR headset, but like, 
eight of your other friends who you constantly play like role-playing games do, then you can still contribute and play. And I wonder if that's going to be part of their development down the line. I doubt it though, because they did say that it was going to be They're really really well, they're VR really touting the VR part. Yeah. And the problem and, and, with that is the gatekeeps. Uh, if if they really want this take take sure. off, they need to add that functionality. There are a number of other platforms for playing board games online. Board Game Arena is what I use. I've used Tabletopia before as well. Tabletop Simulator was, all, of course, also mentioned. Nice thing about Tabletop Simulator is I think it does have similar capabilities to allow players to upload their own cards, make their own games. My uh, One of my brothers has designed a couple of board games and, and field tested them on Tabletop Simulator. So it's... And yeah, for what it's worth, I do want to touch on that again. Designing games is incredibly hard. I tried it once. It's impossible. Props to anyone who has the brains for that my brother included i just i i i love the idea of it i will say the trailer was ridiculous no one talks like that <laughs> it was like watching a bunch of aliens play board games good turn okay good move no when someone makes a good move and i'm playing the game with them i tell them that i hate them that's the best way to play board games i don't know if we have any release information on this oh 2023 with access to beta for certain kickstarters this holiday season yeah i have questions about it but in general i'm extremely on board with the idea and i, I like the idea of you know making making playing games easier for the players like you know counting up dice and showing people available moves that's one of the nice things about you know playing online board games on board game arena or even doing what i did which is one of my favorite board games sagrada has a nintendo switch port and i can play it you know against ai and it does a lot of the thinking for me, which some would argue takes some, some of the fun out of it. I would argue makes it more fun. And this is a great idea. It needs a larger library and it needs to not be more than $20, which I believe yeah, that is will, what the current suspected price is. So The current is $20, but what's interesting too about the tiers is it goes up to like $1,000 and you would think because they're so heavily invested into a VR headset that as you get to these higher, more expensive tiers that it would include... I don't know, a VR headset. It doesn't. That's the other thing that's that's weird to me. It I just... wonder though cuz I don't remember if Meta was very like hands or like very closed about who could sell their product, but I wonder if you have to be like an authorized retailer to sell some of these right. VR headsets and it, I was going to say it might be out of their hands. Okay, then the Steam headset. Like they're 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 so heavily invested in this platform, but they're not trying to aid people into getting on it. See, I, I guess I can't fault them for that because I, I don't know what kind of licensing agreements would have to come to like have a major headset manufacturer be part of like a Kickstarter deal. I'm not really sure about that. I can't fault them for that. The The Online Warriors legal team does not fault them for that. <laughs> it, and it also takes away from, you give them a headset so they can play your game, sure, but they can also play a bunch of other games. <laughs> so like... Then you like let them just oh you got I got I got the headset you gave me now I'm gonna go play something else and you know thanks for the headset I mean I'm sure you know it's well not I mean they're that paying simple, for it the tier is up at a thousand dollars sure they're paying for it but maybe they're you know I, I just don't know if it's I would imagine you might want the perks for a Kickstarter campaign to focus on the actual thing itself I don't know I've, I've never done anything like that before so I'm not an expert someone on Twitter can tell me that I'm wrong but uh, 2023 we'll know more about all on board. For now, we are going to head to our usual break. But before we do, we are going to make our usual salute to our noble knight, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, 
You're noble. I just said it. It's true. Thank you for continuing to support the show at the night level on our Patreon. That is the highest of our three levels. Steven is a producer, and as a result, he gets this producer's shout-out in every episode. He gets access into the weekly game segment, which... Or, sorry, input into the weekly game segment. He also accesses it, but so does everybody else. He gets input into the weekly game segment, which is hosted by Tectic this week, so big ups to that. Uh, He also gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and the occasional guest spot on the show. There's also a squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and the page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. We love our Patreon subscribers. We want more of them. We want to create, I don't know, an army of knights and squires and pages and attack some other kingdom. That's a little violent, but it feels correct. Attack the kingdom of your ears. There you go. If you want to attack your own ears, head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Get some of the details there. Say hi to Steven. Say hi to us. Consider giving back to the show and keeping the mics running. Thanks again to Steven. We are going to take a short break and come right back to talk about Soul Frame. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because we heard them advertise on other shows. And quite frankly, I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And let me tell you, the hype was real. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's quick and easy for me to toss back in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. One scoop into a glass of water helps me wake up even on tired mornings, and I know my gut and immune system will be prepped for the day. And I know what you're thinking. Green drink. Blech. But Athletic Greens green drink actually tastes really good. The best part is that I get all my supplements in for way cheaper than taking individual supplements themselves. It costs less than three bucks a day, so you're investing in your health for cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's also a trusted product. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and comes recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts alike. And for every purchase, you're helping to feed kids. Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is Athletic greens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance thanks to athletic greens for helping to sponsor the show and now we'll get back to the episode welcome back to the online warriors podcast for the second half of the show our third topic today is soul frame now soul frame as i understand it is created by the developers of Warframe Digital Extremes, and they came out with a real flashy six-minute trailer that I do not understand. During during the break, I was sitting over here, kind of re-looking this over, reading more about it, trying to tr- just trying to learn because I don't have you. Are you guys Warframers? Is that first of all is that the proper term? And second of all, are you? I believe we've both because dabbled but we're not like super into the lore. One of the things that actually excites me about this is. Like we have both tried to dabble in Warframe and there is a huge barrier to entry at this point. So for those of you not familiar, Warframe is a PVE style game. It's free to play. I think it's on all consoles and PC at this point. 
And it almost is like reminiscent of Destiny, where it's a shooter set in space, a sci-fi sort of thing. You have a getup that is kind of reminiscent of Destiny, but your armor, your Warframe, I believe it's called, is something that like as you loot and shoot, you get to upgrade and there's like blueprints to get better Warframes. But when we dabbled in it initially, because I think I had started dabbling in it like early days of the Xbox One. And it was cool. And it was like a very tight, free-to-play version of Destiny, you know? And then I stepped away from it because like Destiny actually came out. So then I played that. And when I tried to hop back in a few years ago, there's so much going on. There's so many different stories. There's like things that you can unlock right away or choose not to. And there's just a lot of like information thrown at you and stuff you have to know. And that's like really daunting. So immediately I was just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing this. But being able to like kind of start from scratch, this is basically from my understanding, right? It's basically the same concept of Warframe, except now it's more of a fantastical setting and instead of focusing so heavily on shooting, it's more focused on like sword play, magic, and melee sort of stuff. And it's going to be, like I said, more of a fantastical setting than like a sci-fi space thing. But overall, still that like PVE, it seems like kind of gameplay element. Well, I don't want to call it a looter shooter, but looter slasher, maybe. Was the main character in the trailer yes. a man or a woman? Because uh, it took me about three. I didn't know. I still don't know. I'm not really sure, not but there matters. was a lot of butts. It doesn't matter at all. There was just that lots of butts. That might be the point of it. A lot of, sh- and like shiny butt. Like real slicked up butt. So if you're into that, watch the trailer. No, I will say like the trailer did a lot for me in the sense of I complain on this show all the time about the graphics aren't good. The gra- these graphics were great. I loved the rhyming. We need more rhyming just in general in the world. So I was really into that. Additionally... There was a there was a portion of this trailer that I was like, and I won't give anything away. But it was like, the parrying, right? I was like, well, I was like, wait a second, did this just become a gameplay trailer? Because the camera almost moved into a, okay, now you're playing the game mode. It was slick. Uh, the it was, was it was seamless. That's was very that's cool. why I asked. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, giant moose was cool. Giant fox was cool. Animal lovers have something to show up for. That's what yeah. it seems like. I, yeah, even the magic. I was very like, excited about animals. The bird follows you through. And so even like the magic push that he did, yes. the bird was like, get out of here, stupid. Yeah. It was, uh, it did a lot for me. I just, I don't know. I felt like there was stuff that I didn't know that I needed to know to appreciate it. And maybe maybe that's not the case, but yeah, um, I don't that think whole that's first the case. scene, that whole first scene where the two people are talking, I didn't even know who was talking to who or if anyone was talking or if it was some omniscient narrator. And I was immediately confused. And that set, that set the tone in a strange way for the trailer, which like you said, then from then on, there's a lot of butt, a lot of, a lot of butt action. So again, if that's your thing, then this is the trailer for you. See, I think that's kind of the point though. Like the fantasy, whenever we get introduced to like a new fantasy style game, they kind of like semi introduce mystical lore, but you don't have any idea what's really going on. And I think that's like the hook with the fantasy genre of video game. You know, they kind of like set the tone that, ooh, there's like weird, mystical, creepy things that you won't understand. But if you play this game, you might understand in the future. I mean, just think about the classic Skyrim entrance. You know, you're kind of coming to in the back of a cart arrested. Why are you arrested? You don't know. It's just it throws you in mid-story and then you kind of figure out what happened around you. 
I also got, and I, I, you know, I only played this game for like a five minutes at a friend's house once. I got Ghost of Tsushima vibes, maybe because of that third person gameplay parrying section, which I think is a really good thing. I think, I think there's a lot more space for that in the gaming world. And Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima was super, super popular for good reason when it came out. So I think it's really cool. I just, I'm, and also I love PVE. I'm a big PVE fan. I was really into Destiny for a while. If this can do half of what Destiny did, I'll be into it. And like you said, I think the most important thing is the barrier of entry. Barrier to entry being low, because it sounds like Warframes no longer is. Otherwise, I'd be interested in that one, too. So given that this is free, is this something that like in the winter we're all going to like sit down and try to understand together? Or whenever this comes out, but like the winter of when it comes out, because I- I'm a winter player. Yeah, I'm down for that. I I want to know... Yeah, again, I just I, I, I want to know more. I, I think I'll have the opportunity to know more. Yeah, I'm not seeing any sort of release date. I may have missed it somewhere in the details here. I think it said this it is another like one that's pe- like they announced it, but it's really early on in development. Right. Makes For, sense. From what I understand, too, I believe like the head of Warframe is now moving his sole attention over to this game. So I don't know what the implications for that for Warframe are. And if people who actually like play that and are heavily invested, if they're concerned about that, or if, you know, is this like kind of the closing chapter of Warframe and they're going to kind of like pivot to this new story? Is it still going to like have Warframe in perpetuity, but not like update, you know, maybe there won't be any more content that I wonder because like Warframe, I think has been around for a decade at this point like it's a very long-running game which is impressive when you think of like a free-to-play game as a service you know and the other thing too with and doing the ties to warframe and and if they're transferring all the development folks over to that group is is your butt cheeks going to be the same as my butt cheeks my butt cheeks have to be shinier well you know what i mean like warframe is is very customizable characters and just because we saw this 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 male character in the game, I don't think that that's what we're going to all experience. I think it's going to be whatever your character looks like, and that's just the look they picked. Fun fact, also, if you go to the website for this game, you cannot enter the website until you solve a puzzle. Because I just tried to do it while we were sitting here. And I'm not going to solve the puzzle now, but I think that's cool. <laughs> I feel like that's like something puzzles. that's like really up your alley. I feel like that just like amplified your intrigue for this game by a few levels i it's a it's it looks it appears to be a very easy puzzle like i think i already know how to solve it looking at it but i'm not again i'm not i'm not going to do that now i'll do it on my own time we don't know much about this game again we don't know when it's coming out it sounds like but yeah enjoy the early look the footage like i said was really really cool at least to look at and uh, i think it puts forth a lot of good ideas so dude we'll i just want to like ride a giant wolf it seems like I you like can the ju- moose because the moose is cool too the moose had like stuff painted on it i guess the wolf does too actually yeah the wolf and the and the and the dude match at the end never ending like, story envisioning- have you guys ever seen did you ever see princess mononoke because they talk about that a lot in this article i have in front of me apparently has like the inspiration for the game or part of the inspiration for the game i'm not a big studio jubilee person but no i've never seen it i've been told many times that i should and that i'm like woefully uncultured when it comes like studio jubilee is supposed to have like a bunch of good movies and i haven't seen any of them not a single one we can make that a winter project as well those are all already out well i mean they're probably coming out with more like constantly but i'm aware of some of them people on twitter are probably about to 
throw something at me for not having seen it. I think I saw Spirited Away. It was pretty good. Yeah. I'm. Any further thoughts on Soul Frame before we move on? Definitely give it Going a try. Rest. That's that's at the bare minimum that I would suggest. Yeah. I mean, it's free 99. Why not? Right. There, that's, that's true as well. There's theoretically have nothing to lose, but I guess your own time, which during the winter, what are you going to do? Go outside? You should go outside, though. Going outside is like generally healthy. But if it's like really cold, hunker down, play some Soul Frame. It's time for What Are You Up To Wednesday. Nerd Bomber, I feel like you haven't gone first in a while. So why don't you take us down down the road of, of, of the Nerd Bomber life? So last week I mentioned that I was reading a book series about superheroes. I believe it. Pretty convinced at this point that it is young adult, which is fine. I don't discriminate against young adult books. But it's called Renegades. You're a young adult. Yeah. Young at heart. Yeah. But... We're also just like generally young. I mean, we're not old. Are we old? Fair. I don't know. Weird middle ground. I feel young, but I'm told I'm old. So. And you're young. Yeah. You're good. But I finished the second book. The second book was actually, in my opinion, better than the first book. And apparently the final book in the trilogy is supposed to be the best out of all three. So now I'm very excited. I'm planning on actually starting the third book tonight. It's one of those, I think I mentioned it last week, you know, the series kind of explores superheroes versus villains. If it's that black and white, if there's gray area, that sort of deal. And like, if the superheroes are actually heroes or if it's just how they're perceived at a time and where the line is kind of drawn that between like superheroes being good and evil sort of deal and if villains are just like mistaken and like their motives and intentions are good but it just like doesn't play well so it's it's a very interesting book it's a very like quick light read it, it's pretty good so i'm looking forward to getting into the third book and knocking off the trilogy before you know we go on our little break but we also watched a movie and this is a netflix original kevin hart woody harrelson the man from toronto and this is a comedy action movie and Woody Harrelson plays the man from Toronto who is basically a hitman who is hired in secret like nobody really knows who he is where he comes from he has a handler he gets hit jobs and he'll go and like interrogate people kill people whatever needs to be done well Kevin Hart is going to take his wife on vacation for her birthday and goes to the wrong cabin where he is mistaken for the man from Toronto. And so they begin a wacky adventure where, you know, the bad guys think Kevin Hart is this stone cold assassin interrogator guy. And then Woody Harrelson like catches up to him. And then it there's a bunch of actiony, funny adventures that go from there. I mean, I thought it was exactly what I wanted out of this movie. We actually watched this outside on our projector. It was a really nice night, super warm. So this was just something kind of like light, not too serious. Like even the action and like the gruesome parts, like it was all done in a very light manner. So this was exactly what we were looking for. And I thought it was pretty decent. Like, I don't know if I would have gone to the movie theaters to ever see this movie, but I think for a Netflix original, I think it was definitely funny enough and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was standard Kevin Hart comedy. And if you're familiar, you know how he has like his bag of, of Kevin Hartisms where, oh no, yeah. ah, those kind of things. He, he Right. It was exactly that. <laughs> I like that's a, my hesitation is I like Woody Harrelson a lot. Kevin Hart for me is a, it's a, he's a small doses kind of guy. So I'm 
that's my con- level of concern. I love the premise. I think the premise is fantastic because I did watch the trailer for this. I think they do balance each other out because I think because Woody Harrelson in this movie plays a very almost like stoic kind of badass guy and Kevin Hart is very much the opposite. I think that it's a good balance. Whereas sometimes you get like those Kevin Hart movies where he is the main lead and he's either paired with another like extra funny guy. But I think because like it's not too much in this because Woody Harrelson is more of like the sarcastic quip to Kevin Hart's chaotic energy. So it like works. Duly noted. The Man from Toronto. Great title too, in my opinion. Anything else to update us on or should I swing it over to Tectic? Well, I'll let Tectic take the rest of our joint ventures. So we also had a nice campfire that weekend. Again, it was a it was just a gorgeous weekend. No need to be inside. Sit around a fire, have good chats, set up our projector, have good movie times. Which by the way, this projector that I have, I got it on like like dirt cheap many, many years ago. Like we're talking this thing is like, I don't know, probably close to eight years old. And just over time, we've been just adding to our projector kit with like various like auxiliary extension jacks or like like the left and right audio auxiliary jack to audio jack and then various HDMI media boxes. And we've just been slowly upgrading it to be able to play anything at any time, anywhere. So I'm very proud of this kit. Sounds like a dream. The other thing that we did was we finished invent- inventing Anna. And I got to say, I was I was a little skeptical if this was going to be good, but it's good. So if you haven't heard of it or even checked it out, check it out. It's a good watch. It's very low impact. There's only one season. And it just, it's captivating. It's quite interesting, too, that, you know, this is based on a true story and she fooled a lot of people. So that goes to say something about fooling people. Yeah, I will say, I think lately I've gotten into... I wouldn't call them true crime necessarily, but like true con. And I guess that is a crime. But I remember like we watched the Tinder Swindler a few months ago and I was like captivated by that. And because just like how... Did you watch the vegan one? Bad vegan? No, we haven't watched that one yet. You'd probably like bad vegan because that's basically what it is. It's a very popular genre right now. Cause I, I, know, I know what you mean. I wouldn't call it true crime. It's more like, I guess it is true con. I know that's, a, that's a pretty good title for that genre. And like, I but. think the interesting thing, Anna Delvey slash Anna Sororkin, like one of the things that is super interesting about this show is that it does somehow make you like compassionate towards her, even though she did a, like a lot of kind of sketchy, shady things. So it's really, I don't know. It's just very interesting and it makes you think a lot about like how you view some of these things and like was it really that bad illegal i want you to watch that that show and i want at the end of it you to tell us who the real con artist is in that series if you think it's anna or if you think it's someone else i'll uh, i'll take a stab at it see see what happens when i recommend stuff it's easy right because you're you Assuming that's the end, the tail end of your update, I will take over because I, I I did get up to a decent amount this this week. Uh, I went camping, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, so you were having a campfire, I was camping. I was having a campfire in in the woods. Like, I was out there, so that was a good time. And then I came back on Sunday and I did something that I I I do it maybe twice a year, and that is I took a nap in which I actually fell asleep, and uh, it was, it was fan- fantastic. I fell asleep watching X-Men 2. I, I feel like that's notable. X2, great movie. 
that's just a little fun fact about me. I don't really nap. And so it's, I feel like it was notable that I napped this weekend. But I also wanted to shout out a show that's back for a second season. And that show is Only Murders in the Building, which is back on Hulu. Uh, we're pretty neat in that. I think four, four or five episodes have come out. Are you guys watching season two? Because uh, we started it, that, it. It holds up. We took a break for a little bit. We started it. And we're going to go back to it. We, ha- we have a situation at hand where our ne- Netflix family is dissolving. So we haven't figured out what we're going oh. to do in relation to Netflix. So you're going to cram in the Netflix. Yeah. So we're cramming in Netflix for the next few days. Gotcha. Well, only murders will still be there when you're done with that. And it's it's still good, in my opinion. It holds up. It's going to interesting places. And then the, the last thing I wanted to shout out, I'm, I'm going to do something that I'm not sure we've ever done. And I'm going to shout out a YouTube series called Too Many Spirits. And uh, this is Shane Madej and Ryan Bergara. Now their company is called Watcher. They used to be with BuzzFeed Unsolved and BuzzFeed Supernatural. They would do like ghost hunts and stuff. Just two really funny guys. And they do this. Occasionally they'll put out over a four week span. They will put out four episodes, usually between like 20 and 30 minutes long. And what they do is they sit around a campfire and the four episodes take place over a single night. And... In each episode, they drink a, uh, a cocktail and they read a bunch of ghost stories submitted to them over the internet or like that purportedly really happened to people. And uh, as they go on, they drink more and more cocktails. So by episode four, they're like just hammered. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like they're drunk like reading history. They're just, it, well, I think it's, it's very... I haven't watched Drunk History, but it sounds similar to that. But it's really funny because some of the ghost stories are just absolutely ridiculous. So if you're in for lighter fare, I, I strongly recommend checking it out. And if you've seen any of the BuzzFeed Unsolved or BuzzFeed Un, uh, BuzzFeed Supernatural things, you'll really like this. So that rounds things out for me. Before we get to the quiz this week, another reminder, although we mentioned it once earlier in the episode, August is an off month for the Online Warriors podcast. We're getting married, not to each other. Well, well, we've been through this. Two of us are getting married to each other. One of us is not. It's all kosher. Everything's above board. It's all good. But we won't be here for a month. So start listening to your podcasts, your, your online warriors episodes at 0.5x speed and just stretch them out over a month if you can't stand to be without us for a week or two. And in the meantime, Tectic will give us a quiz. And the topic is... I actually don't know what the topic is. I'm going in totally blind. So take the us away. The topic is Tectic. sore. And so I'm going to roll right into it, but it, just saying it's Price is Right style. You can bust. And who wants to go first? I'm losing. So I feel like I, so Tectic is nine and eight. Nerbomber eight and eight. I'm eight and 10. Steven, one and one. So I think I should go first because I'm losing. So I found this first question to be interesting because I just never really thought of it like this. Throughout history, when was Thor the most popular? Like he had the most, like his, the ideology of Thor was like hip to follow as opposed to like other i guess religions i i don't are you looking for a year yeah this would have to be like firmly bc are you going i'm sorry yeah you're going first yeah no you're going first yeah i'm gonna i have no concept of bc times i'm gonna take a stab and say 3000 bc uh, jesus times that's actually pre-jesus times i think it's after that i'm gonna say zero bc i'm gonna say exactly jesus times so illegal busted, which means Nerd Bomber gets it. It was between 790 and 1100 BC, and interestingly enough, it was considered Thor's popularity was considered to be the greatest rival to Christ as Christianity began to take over over time. So who knows? It could have been flipped. That could have been 
The alternate. BT. Well, I remember, and this before, is going to be like... Before Thor. This is going to be probably a weird place to get my historical knowledge, but from playing Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, as a Viking, you are like trying to take over English strongholds. Like they moved down into like Europe because it was cold up there and tried to introduce <laughs> like <was>. their, their, <laughs> there was, and tried to introduce like their gods of like Thor and Odin and all that kind of stuff. And that was a big bone of contentious because Christ was very big in England. So I learned history from Assassin's Creed. Everyone should play Assassin's Creed. You'll learn something. So speaking of Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok was the highest grossing Thor movie worldwide. How much did it gross? I'm first on this one. Uh, I'm going to say this was a cool $627 million worldwide. I'm going to go ahead with my plus one here and say 628 because I think it's more than that, but I'm not sure how much more. You had a significant margin to plus one, but you got this one as well. It grossed $853,977,126 worldwide. So, And how many pennies? Jeez, I thought you were going to go all the way to the decimal places on that one. Didn't have, didn't have sense. Well, this is garbage. But uh, let's continue. So before Thor was on the big screen, Thor was first introduced in the Journey into Mystery series in what issue? Oh boy. Journey into Mystery series. I've never even heard of this. I'm going to say issue six. Seven. The plus one to Great Avail. It was issue 83, and this issue was released of August 1962. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm still alive. That was the yeah. goal for that question. and we it's Two to one. That. No more plus ones. We've got two more questions left. No more plus ones. So Thor is in a lot of different media, so I'd like to jump over to God of War now. In God of War, Thor, this rendition as opposed to like the movie franchise, is built like an actual strongman would be built. Big stomach, huge arms, huge stature, what you would um, truly imagine this brooding force to look like. No six-pack abs. That's not what a str- how a strong man is built. How tall is he? That felt personal. In inches. Inches. I have to get my in the In the game, how tall is he in inches? Uh, 90 inches. I'm going to say 108. So he was actually the, the same height as Kratos, and Kratos is seven feet tall. So that's 84 inches. Oh, so we both So we both it. busted. We both busted. So illegal, you got to get this one right to just stay alive. I can still tie it up. Well, you know, you made yeah. such a big okay. deal, though, that he was big and brooding. So I was like, he, I, I, I don't know. I thought I, he'd I be compared him he's to tall. And, he's not actual, tall and lanky. I compared him to an actual strongman size. How many strongmen do you know that are nine feet tall? Right. A Those strongmen be short. I don't, that's not accurate. Well, he's seven feet. Uh, okay. No one's nine feet tall. I have the advantage here. I have second ups on this last question. I feel like I got this. Let's let's see what happens. So since Thor's introduction in 1962, no being outside of North mythology was deemed worthy to wield Milnor until Beta Ray Bill showed up on the scene. What year did they introduce Beta Ray Bill? 1979. I think it was later than that. I'm going to say... 1985 
It feels like X-ray times. Ray, it feels like Ray times, 1985. You guys are literally both so close to the answer. So close. And the answer was 1983. Nerd Bomber oh, takes yeah. this illegal busted. The drought resets. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... I, what, what, what do I have to do? I just... I, Okay, so I moved to 8 and 11. Nerd Bomber to 9 and 8. So Nerd Bomber and Technic now tied at 9 and 8. I'm at 8 and 11. It's starting to look like I might have to eat a slice of apple pie with cheese. Wasn't that the, te- the punishment you had to do, Technic? And you didn't you think it was good? Wasn't that not even a punishment? It was just odd. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just odd. Um, I thought we came up with a different punishment, which was like play a scary game or something. Oh, that, just, that doesn't work on you, though. It only works on Nerd Bomber. In any case, I'll have to do a punishment. Of the listeners have to pick some, it, I thought. I'll, well, I'll have to do a punishment of some sort of consequence so long as I keep performing the way that I am, which at this point seems perfectly possible. And we'll see next week as I'll be facing off with Tactic once again in the quiz realm. But until then, we are going to leave you to your thoughts and your lives and your your everything else. Uh, we would like you to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review if you liked what you heard. Hit us up on Twitter at Online Warriors One is our main show account at OW eighty six at OW Tactic at OW Nerd Bomber are our host accounts, and uh, you know, go go tell someone you love about the podcast. Have a good week, everybody.